0: I'm sitting here with my wife, Sarah, Rebecca Gonzalez, and it's really early in the morning, isn't it, Sarah?
1: Um, I guess.
0: Earlier than even all missionaries have to wake up, it's 5.11 a.m. And normally missionaries have to wake up at 6.30 a.m., so now Sarah is playing by my rigid schedule. Don't you think so, Sarah?
1: Well, he turned on the light and some music, <laughs> so...
0: Would you consider me a good companion?
1: Oh, of course you're the best in the whole world.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm very pleased by the answer, but sometimes I don't feel like I'm the best companion. There are times where I didn't feel like a good companion on my mission. But Sarah thinks so, and that's why we're good companions together. We make good food together, don't we?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, food. (laughs) You say it as if that's the most important element, but it's pretty good.
0: Well, I mean, we we um play the music of the gospel really well together, don't we?
1: Yeah, we sure, we certainly do.
0: Man, Sarah's so tired because I woke her up this morning. But she, I told her, "Do you want to be in an interview?" And she said yes because she's a great wife. So
1: I want to say oh.
0: you said
1: something about feeling like you weren't a good companion, and I just think that. That right there, as well as like things like that, I think we have to kind of get rid of that in our vocabulary because, okay, well, obviously if you're like beating up your companion or whatever... But I think we kind of sometimes <laughs> compare. I mean, there's a lot of just in general in in the church in in uh, in missionary work, not not in the gospel of Jesus Christ, but in our in in what we. I don't even want to say in our culture, but because it's not everywhere, but in some people's family life they pass down a mindset of feeling guilty about everything feeling guilty for being human feeling guilty for not being perfect and they miss all of the wonderful things um that this life is really about you know like you say you don't feel like a good companion sometimes, and I'm just sitting here being like, whatever, <laughs> like, you are wonderful, and and on the mission, um, people, I, I guess what I'm just saying is people are people, you know, I had a lot of different companions with a lot of different personalities, and some of them were just straight up jerks, frankly, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> not, not, I mean, that's not that's not. I say straight up jerks, but no, it's nobody can be that way. It's like a nuanced thing. Like, why are people acting the way they do? I didn't really have, I had maybe like one and a half or whatever. But even then, when you look at people with this lens of like, had a couple. Yeah, you <laughs> had a couple, yeah. But when you look at people with a lens of like understanding and compassion, like I. There were some unpleasant experiences with submission companions. Some I understand better than others, but like God loves all of us, and we need to look at ourselves through that lens of love and compassion and understanding. Because, first of all, you're not going to guilt and shame anybody into changing. Including yourself. And so mm-hmm. when we talk about missionary work, if we start talking about missionary work and ourselves through a lens of guilt and shame, there's no way. I mean, why why would anybody want to accept a gospel that's based off of that? You know, we we gotta look at ourselves through a lens of love and compassion. If you say I feel like I'm not a bad, I'm not a good companion. Don't, I mean, and and that's just, you know, oh man, and I got to change, and oh, no. Like, be like, this is some behavior that probably needs to be rectified. I am worthy of love, and so let's, as if you would talk to a child, Hey, what's going on? Are you in pain? Are you confused? Or do you need more instruction like and and that's you know and, and you work with God through that process. It's it's going to be a lot better for you than just beating yourself up over and over again the same the same shame cycle.
0: I think a lot of uh, missionaries have a hard time with homesickness. I remember before the mission, I was super homesick and I didn't know what my mom would think of me if she found out, oh, I watched The Dark Knight on my mission or, oh, I started hoarding DVDs or CDs, not DVDs, CDs, or, oh, I don't get up in the morning. So what would he tell? A missionary that is struggling with that kind of stuff, Sarah.
1: Well, I would say the exact same thing I'm saying now. Like, (laughs) maybe you would have, maybe we do have parents who, um, would be like appalled at our behavior on the mission, even if things we do in the grand scheme of life are relatively benign i mean i think it's so okay first of all i want sam i i think it's really important to be an obedient missionary i'm not i'm not knocking any of the rules um but there's definitely this there's definitely a line that says did i commit a sin like uh in my in my in my mortal life you know in my Did I break my covenants with God versus did I do things that um, weren't helpful for missionary work, you know, that 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 are a symptom of me feeling not converted and not dedicated to my to my calling? Um, And. Like. And to. (laughs) I don't know. I guess in my mind to worry, like if your mo- number one motivation is what are my parents going to think, then that's a sign, a sign oh, yeah. of, of a lot of, that's a sign of, maybe that's a sign of some issues like is that, internal is like or familial or issues, but also like of a priority thing. Like,
0: is it like a red flag? Maybe
1: if you're worried about your parents, what your parents are thinking more than feeling the love of God for you in your life, then that's a conflict that you can heal from through the atonement of Jesus Christ.
0: Well, Sarah, there were times where I felt like I was not a very good missionary. Um, but I knew that I was the best because I was getting baptisms. I was, I was making friends, I was loving the people, and I know that on my first month in the mission, I I knelt down crying on the floor, and it was a hard, hard time for me because I didn't know how to feel, and some people, I think, when they go to the mission go desensitized, I think that's the word, where they don't really know how to act, or they're not prepared enough. And the weird thing is, is I did prepare. Like, I had the Melchizedek Priesthood. I did go to the temple, although it was a month before. So what would you suggest to me, if I were to do it over again? What would I, what would you think I should do better or maybe change about my life? You know, those kinds of things.
1: Well, that's a tough question, because... (laughs) I think everyone has an experience that comes out of, like, what their soul is creating to show them what they need in their life.
0: I agree, because if you don't go to your mission yourself, how are you even going to be a good missionary?
1: Yeah. Now, for, so, like, to comment on, oh, what you should have done in the past, like, i don't know just accept what is i i don't think but 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 there is a difference between that and like what would i tell someone
0: currently who's preparing to go on a mission what would you tell someone that only served 15 months you know three months less than a mission of a a sister missionary and like nine months less of a of a full-time mission for an elder
1: i would say it's like it's okay it doesn't matter the reason i mean I, I know somebody on my mission who who left and went with a woman be- and they and got her pregnant and had to go home like oh, wow. legitimately i mean and the things that you're that, talking that's not about, my story. <laughs> I know that's not. I know, and like the things that you're talking about are, are relatively, benign. from a moral perspective, like benign.
0: But regardless, I still felt terrible though. Like you said, guilt, shame, ridden with, with like wanting to hurt myself because I was doing things that were against the rules. You know,
1: dude, <laughs> wanting to hurt yourself—that is number one red flag of how it's like it's so fascinating to me that we and, and please don't think that i had my own mission struggles my own mission guilt my own life guilt but like i'm i'm looking back on this
0: after like you know, <laughs> 10 what years, 10 years uh, at least 12 years or 12, um yeah, long time and and now you're married
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i thought about this a long before i even got married but Jeez. the point is is that is that this whole life everything about this life we like the atonement of jesus christ is infinite we teach people that it's infinite and yet we're like well, his atonement can't cover the fact that I like left my mission early or that I watched a movie. It's like are you kidding me? Like he saved an entire people who were stoning the prophets um because he loves them. And this and he did that throughout time, you know, in in history. Um he Jesus' love is is so big, and yet we want to hurt ourselves because we're not perfect. Like, we don't get it, you know. Let's get it. Let's start getting it.
0: So I agree with what you said, Sarah. Um, I love Jesus Christ, too. And a part of me was saved on the mission by him. What would you... What would you, what hymn would you share with, or, or any song altogether that got you through the mission? Whether it be about Jesus Christ, whether it be about nature, what would you choose? I know you know all the hymns there. <laughs> you know them by heart. So I'm going to give you the time right now.
1: Wow. So my, um, I'm just kind of being flooded a little bit with memories because I... The first song I, I think about when it comes to Jesus Christ is reverently and meekly now um, because it's it's written from a first-person perspective of, of Jesus Christ, which I think is really beautiful. And, and he says, bid thine heart all strife to cease.
0: What does
1: that mean? Yeah, so strife is like conflict, right? And the next line says, "With thy brethren be at peace." So you think that it's talking about, <laughs> you know, don't fight with other people, which is which is definitely a, one of the messages. But I always think of like strife, like when, um, and I'm not going to go into a lot of details here, but we learn in the temple about how important it is to not have negative feelings. For other people. And if God says that we need to love each other as ourselves, then that means don't have negative feelings towards yourself either. We need to look at ourselves through a lens of love, which I've already talked about. Um and so no guilt and shame. But with that said, like this love can move us towards other things. And I think of other I was I had I was kind of depressed on my mission for various reasons. And, um, my sister-in-law sent me a collection of songs by Michael McLean. And, um, and it, his work is very, um, I think it's a very healing music and it's the messages are very healing for he's, me. He's really good. He's really good. And he, you know, he'll, you're not alone. And, um, and like we need to be more gentle with ourselves.
0: Or for feeling homeless.
1: Yeah, and and um, just about how about how God's love, like, you know, is is yeah. right there.
0: Like it penetrates our souls. Yeah,
1: and and there's other there's this one song though, that's um about having hope, and it's really funny because he tells his personal story, which is that he, um, well. V- at first, it was like he was 16 and he wanted to go out with this girl that was like, he felt was like way out of her league, of his league. And yet she, she said yes. And he's like, wow, that's like, I, I didn't know I could h- hope for something that big. And then later on, he, you know, in his adulthood, he's made a movie. Um, he he had this idea to make a movie with jimmy stewart which is like i mean jimmy stewart is a huge actor you know and this guy michael mclean who's made a couple of church movies (laughs) had this idea and jimmy stewart said yes and you know that's that's huge like because god is so big we can do so many things and it really helped me to to just i mean i was in an area where there was nothing happening in the work and and because i had hope like no like nobody got baptized while i was there still Uh. but i but i was able to feel like i could love the people every day and feel that i could go out um a lot of it was because of that that particular song as well as some other songs by him
0: so yeah that's um that's beautiful Sarah. thank you for sharing those those stories and those those hymns that from michael mclean and from what was what was the other one i can't remember right now reverently and Meekly yeah a sacrament, sacrament hymn. hymn, yeah um well i already forgot what i was gonna say
1: does that mean below
0: Oh yeah, so one of the hymns that I like, and I know you love this hymn, is um, hmm, what's it called, Sarah? You know the one that I says, don't know what you're talking the about. The one that so that rolling waters remain impure. Oh yeah,
1: so that's not a hymn in our hymn book, but oh, it yeah. is a, It's written <laughs> it's by Rob um, Gardner. That's
0: right. Um, what's it called? My, my kindness shall not depart from thee. Uh, and it's a beautiful representation of DNC 121, and in there there's a line. One was, uh, "How can ruling rulers remain impure?" Uh, but the other one is, "He, meaning Christ, has descended below all things. Are we are we greater than him? Are we?" And yet, a couple of days ago, I was asking you about this this um, concept of Jesus Christ ascending below all things. I know this is a hard concept to wrap our minds around, but I know, Sarah, you explained it very well to me. I don't know if you have time to explain it to me today.
1: So, um, like, we're talking about guilt and shame, and we feel guilt because of, because of the things that we do that fall short, Fall short of our goals, far short fall short of the law. Um, and there's a there's a a varying spectrum of this. And I talked about like, oh, you know, some you know, some people's quote, sins are are more benign than others. But ultimately it doesn't matter because as um Paul teaches, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And that's kind of how we feel, right? We know I am capable of so much because I'm a daughter of God, because I'm a son of God. And yet here I am with my mediocre life and my habits that don't go away. Um, and why isn't this working for me? And so it's really easy to, to, to feel like we're disappointing God and, and our parents and our mission president ourselves, you know, and yet Jesus the you know, Jesus Christ has descended below all of this. Um, and the scriptures teach that because he has descended below all this, the same way that because he died and he was the f- first one to be resurrected because of his power, we can all be resurrected. It's saying Jesus Christ has been there. And he has overcome that. And his, whatever you've done, he's gone lower than that. And and has atoned for that.
0: And then... That is not to say that he's done the sin, correct?
1: Well, no, obviously. <laughs> like, that's not even a question. What it means is that, like, I think of it like as if, um, you know, you hear stories from like motivational speaker there's this one guy i I can't remember his name right now but he's he's a super successful guy he makes a ton of money right And, and you're just like wow like his message is that anybody can do this and he shares a story about how he um was homeless he i guess he had experienced a divorce or something and and was living in his office for a while, and then even they, like, noticed it, and they're like, you can't stay here, and so then he had to, like, live in his car and whatever. And uh, and then, like, there's other forms of homelessness, too, that are even worse than that. But the idea is that, like, you know, if he can bounce back from that, I can bounce back from that. And and Jesus Christ, although he did not um commit sins while on the earth, like... And his, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I know kids who experience trauma from like not getting a lot of candy on Halloween, you know, just something random. And, and Jesus Christ's like trauma, um, like experiences that he experienced are like huge. And yet he, he knows how to heal you. He knows, he understands why you're doing what you're doing. He understands um, how it feels and he understands how to heal and not just like in general healing, but like your specific circumstance. He has experienced the feelings and the pain that go with your circumstance. And he did that in order to know how to sucker you and to know um, from a a first-hand level, what you need, he'll give that to you, and like, and in the in the universal, um, like in the universal ledger that says the 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 debt that you owe to God, if if this is even a real thing or whatever, but like the the energy I don't, I don't even know how to explain it but whatever it is that you did that you sinned that that you can't make up for yourself um because it's so bad the pain you caused other people that you can't fix the the you know the money you stole that you spent already you can't pay back whatever it, i i mean i'm just making things up but but the concept that we have about paying debts because we sin Jesus Christ has paid this debt you do not have to pay this debt that doesn't mean there aren't things that you don't need to do to change but you cannot expect yourself to to fix all of it and and I'll just say one more thing cuz I know what I'm talking a lot but um don't worry um <laughs> so there's a like let's let's say Let's just say, I'm just making this up, but I go out, I have, I, I let's say I did steal money from someone and I spent all of it and I have, you know, like the prodigal son, um, wasted my life spending all of this money and so now I come to myself and I recognize that I need to, um, do my own form of atoning in, in the best I can by obviously paying back this debt um, and I know that I can't pay back the trust that I lost in this person so I have to just leave that up to God but but there are things that I have that I know that I need to do which is like go out and get a real job or whatever right And and in the midst of this like feeling of I did this I committed this fraud and I I deserve everything that I'm getting and I and I recognize that like I can ask God to help me I can say hey I need to change and and I know it and I'm completely incapable of doing it and I can expect Miracles, I can expect that he'll help me get a job. I can expect that he'll um you know, it's a mindset thing, right? if I if I feel so guilty about myself, then I'm going to believe and expect that I can only work minimum wage because I'm a terrible person and I deserve backbreaking labor to atone for my sins you know, myself without Jesus's help. Or I can say, you know what? Because Jesus is so, it's like, let us not come to the gospel of Jesus Christ because we feel that we are so bad. Let us come to the gospel of Jesus Christ because we know that Jesus is so good. And so I'm like, I don't, I say, I'm going to do this thing that I need to do, but I'm going to do it with a, 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 a power in my soul that says, God loves me and I am valuable. I am valuable that he's going to help me. And so I say, I can pay back this money fast sure i can beat myself up about it and just do penny by penny that's not gonna help the person whose money i stole number one they're gonna wait for forever because i'm like mad at myself um so i can ask can i do it fast can i change fast can i get a job that pays a lot of money instead of a job that pays a little money i'm just using this as an example of like the pain that we put ourselves through We think, well, I'm so terrible, so I have to suffer. It's like, you don't have to suffer. God (laughs) already, he literally already suffered for you. That's what that means, descended below all things. Don't try to to fix something you cannot fix and allow the person who wants to and who already did everything possible to fix it for you to just, dump on you this love and this miracle and this hope because you're, you're, you're his, you're his brother. You're God's son and daughter. Like, and and if you want to treat your kids like crap and say, you have to like fix everything yourself and I'm not going to help you. Well, that's your, that's your issue. But don't put your own issues on God as if he's a jerk or as if he's like not nice as well
0: well thank you Sarah um, I had one more question uh, first I wanted to say one thing that I love about you not just that you're my wife is that you ask me for blessings pretty much all the time at first I thought it was excessive but then I realized that and believe me this realization was a long time coming is that we can receive blessings whenever we need them not just at times of sadness or, or pain. Um, the reason why I say that is because I didn't know or I didn't feel like I was worthy of receiving blessings on my mission. Um, and I didn't feel worthy enough to give them. Not saying that I was doing anything bad or that I didn't give good blessings. I just didn't feel um, feel like I could, you know. And I remember there was this one time on my mission where, um, it was my first companion, Elder McClaws, and he was sick and he asked me for a blessing and I had to give it in Spanish. That was another thing. That'll be a different story altogether from in a different day. But he asked me to give it in Spanish and I just didn't know what to say, you know, um, but I gave it and same thing happened to me with Elder Porter. Uh, he was another elder on my mission, um, he got poison ivy on his face even <laughs> oh, <man>. yeah <laughs> oh. and yet something that i hate no i won't say that i hated anything about him but it was hard for me to see that even he would ask me for a blessing even though he he was like acting like he was on top of the world still i was i had a lot of comparing issues obviously so one of the questions that i wanted to ask you is why do you feel that receiving blessings is necessary in life and is there a small story from your mission that you where you received a blessing and it helped you um from from a friend or an elder or even just a random stranger from your mission that gave you a blessing what do you think
1: yeah so um I really appreciate that question so I um So it wasn't something that I, how do I explain this? So first of all, um, my father who, um, was a Melchizedek priesthood holder in my home, he moved out, um, when I was about 12 years old. And then I, I did have brothers who received the Melchizedek priesthood, but then usually they would go, like, leave on missions, um, and so I didn't actually have the Melchizedek Priesthood in my home, more or less, from the time I was 12 years old, and so, um, it was this concept that I kind of didn't really understand, and, and when I came on the mission, this is what, this is what happened, I, um, my very first night, On my mission, I met my mission president and I was in the room talking to him just about just regular stuff. It wasn't like this profound conversation and the spirit said to me very strongly, like it's not often that at least at that time that like I would get a message from God like so clearly and it said this man is your representative of Jesus Christ and you can talk to him as if you're talking to Jesus Christ and i and, and i don't i it wasn't in like a worship kind of sense but it was definitely in a you got to tell him how you really feel about stuff because i wouldn't always um open up to people about my life or, or my feelings um i was very i was very much a Like, oh, everybody's got to think that I'm happy all the time. I don't recommend, (laughs) but that's, that's That's how I was. So, um,
0: you can be sad.
1: (laughs) So I started, um, with that and, and that's what, and that is the first time I, cause I had asked a lot, uh, from Heavenly Father to like, help me understand the priesthood and what it means and, 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 um, and. And this was to help me under, you know. What I didn't realize is it was to help me understand like what a good man looks like, because um, <laughs> I, I, I my father is a very good man, but I didn't, from my experience as a child, I didn't really get that, and I didn't know. But anyways, so, um, so this was the beginning, and it was this. Completely different concept for me to understand that, like, the priesthood is here because God does not. For a couple, there's many reasons, but one of them is because God doesn't want to be far away. He, it, we, it would so we can feel alone. We can feel far from God, but, but like everything He does in His gospel is for him to be close. He sends us the Holy ghost, which is God, the God, he's a part of the Godhead. he is God. And so like, obviously God doesn't want to be far away from us. And so if I need help and if God's my father, and if I had a, you know, if I was young and had a good father, I should feel comfortable turning to him at all hours of the night. You know, like this is what, this is what father child relationships Um, that are healthy do. And so that's when it was like, no, like, and, and not just that, like that, it wasn't my reasoning that got me to do this. I would have difficulties on the mission and I would talk to God, heavenly father about them. And multiple times I would feel like you need to ask for a blessing. And sometimes it would be like, you need to ask the specific person for a blessing. Not that was very rarer, but, um, even so I, I would follow that counsel. And so if anybody ever told me, which I mean, nobody ever really did. I don't know why I have this thing about like, I'm afraid to ask for so much because they're going to think that I'm a weirdo. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Why is that even a thing? Um, I think somebody, um, anyway, so, so that's why, that's why I asked for a lot of blessings on the mission is because that's what Heavenly Father told me to do. And, and I just kind of got into this mindset of like, like I need God around, and these people have the meaning priesthood holders. And of course, I learned that later. I didn't learn this. Somebody mentioned that. You know, I have the I have priest. I hold priesthood powers well through yeah. my temple covenants and yeah. other things. This is a whole nother podcast, I guess. But like <laughs> that, but that um that um if this person is a representative of jesus christ and they have this power like and they're willing and and i mean i mean i'm going to like that's that's for me that's for me my the my my district leaders um, priesthood isn't for him to like act like god or whatever but it's for him to help me and so I'm gonna ask him. Now he can say no, anybody can say no, but nobody did um ever. So that was really good. Um and then a specific thing about you asked a specific story. There's many, oh so 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 many <laughs> chastisement and blessings. I can tell you about that. Uh that <laughs> was roller coaster. But one I'll I'll specifically share is I had uh a very dear friend of mine, um, Elder Hasenbrook, he gave me a blessing. And in the blessing, it quote, I know, I will never forget this. It quoted a scripture entirely. Um, and perhaps he had it memorized. I don't know. Perhaps it was the Holy Ghost that was bringing the words to his head, but I was just so, um, It was a very powerful experience because I didn't even know the Scripture. And I knew the Scriptures. Like, I know the Scriptures. And I did not. And I knew this one. I heard this one, but I hadn't memorized it. And it said, um, it was the Scripture about how, remember, you know, the grain of, uh, if if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Move, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And I, and I knew that that was God talking. I knew that although my dear friend is a good person and has good counsel, that is not him talking. That is God talking to me. And that I need to believe it, that. I need to believe that, I, that nothing has to be impossible to me. And because of that, I learned began at least learning my journey is still ongoing but began to learn about what faith is and what it looks like and and I learned I had some experiences that showed me definitely what it not is um and that was like a life-changing blessing and I've I've received so many life-changing blessings so President Nelson it's so funny. It was years and years later that he gave he one of his very first talks as a prophet said. We need to, we need to ask for blessings, even I for no that. reason. We need to ask for blessings. This is what God's for, and I'm just like, finally, like I'm like, he, he said, I am being reaffirmed because like, okay. By the way, the blessing thing, it's like a, it's like i like I don't set out and say I'm going to get a blessing every week, but like, like during my depressive periods. It, it was every week that I would get a blessing because I needed help and I needed strength and I didn't
0: want to go home. Yeah, there's like a stigma in the church where you don't need to get blessings. like you, Especially among men where you want to be more of a hombre, a macho man. And you'd be like, nope, I don't need a blessing. Nope, I don't need to pray. Nope, I don't need to fast.
1: You guys are stupid. <laughs> it's like saying, it's like... It's I, like I, saying... felt, I
0: felt that way about blessings, though. For some reason, I don't know where I got it. It was just, it was just like, maybe it's because I was new to the priesthood, like to the Makazar priesthood, like, and I didn't have, I hadn't given and I hadn't gotten any blessings. You know, it's just
1: we have this idea that it has to be like some sort of special occasion. Yeah,
0: that's like it has to be a father's blessing, or it has to be a patriarchal blessing, or it has to be a, especially when you're sick. But no. You can receive a blessing anytime in your life, at any hour, any moment, as long as there's a priesthood holder around.
1: And I mean, why is it that I ask for blessings all the time? I I um, I, I had depression on my mission. I had I had emotional problems. I mean and and I think a lot of times we all do, but like I was sick. Like I I was not physically ill. I don't... I maybe experienced one physical illness on my mission, um, which is pretty sweet in 18 months.
0: I got depressed a lot. That's why I went home early, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, depression is a a real thing, and so um, blessings, I think, kept me on my mission. They kept me grounded. They kept me... And I'm not... That's not anywhere to say if you got more bless you know, blessings, you'd be still be a mission. No, yeah. that's not what I mean. But but for my personal experience, that is what I needed. And like, I mean, why not take advantage of a gift that is freely given? Which, by the way, is the same thing as the atonement of Jesus Christ. Like it's already there. He already paid this price. We just need to say, I'm going to accept love from God because Love is freely given.
0: Thank you, Sarah. All right, Sarah, thank you so much for participating in this interview slash discussion about missionary work. Um, I want to say that we can relate missionary work to life and also to um, music because you never know who you're going to find. Just like Forrest Gump says, you never know what you're going to find in a box of chocolates. And so I just wanted to close um, with something that, um, you have for me. It's what I, I would consider the scripture because it was given by the prophets and apostles to us, and it's found in preach my gospel. And if I know, if I, I'm looking over your shoulders there, and if I see this right, I know exactly what it's going to say, because this is a very quotable passage of the preach my gospel. And, um, I just want to say that, Preach my gospel was a very important part of missionary work for for all missionaries. It came out right before right during the time that I was a missionary. And I um I really appreciated it and I loved it. Here you go, Sarah. Oh, you're trying to get me to talk fast and about this
1: and like you know, I don't you know, know if know that's possible. <laughs> so um first let me just comment that when I was a missionary, I did not understand this concept. And it wasn't until, I don't know, at least six years later that a friend of mine, I was talking to a friend of mine about a problem that I was going through. And he referenced this passage and was like, this is, this is how you base success in your life. This is how you base success in your life. And so it says, it's page 10 of Peace My Gospel. It says, Your success as a missionary is measured primarily by your commitment to find, teach, baptize, and confirm people and to help them become faithful members of the church who enjoy the presence of the Holy Ghost. Um, And I want to say that whether you're a missionary or not, success in life is measured by your commitment. Your commitment to love other people. Your commitment to serve. Your commitment to... Um, to show up, your commitment to, to, to change, to become like God, your and as well as your commitment to teach people the gospel, um, through your words or just your actions, um, your commitment to develop your talents, your commitment to like, just be present, I think. Um, and, and we, and, and commitment can be measured in a lot of ways, but if we're, if we're running or if we're coasting through life, if we're... Uh, I, don't know there, I don't think there's anything wrong with television as as, like, as a concept. Obviously, like, some shows are not probably really great for us. But, like, if you're using television or food or, um, you know, things that we ought to be abstaining from to, like, to kind of not be present or, like... Like, um, not deal with our feelings. I I think, and some of that may have to do with some commitment, um, issues that we can have, which is okay. Like that's a part of life. But I'm just saying, like, you can choose to be present, and it's and and deal with the fear of dealing with feelings, and that can help our commitment level to like increase. So anyways, um, it says avoid comparing yourself with others, okay? Um, Remember that people have agency to choose. This is a huge concept, like, especially if you're struggling with some sort of addiction, like the Addiction Recovery Program is very much about understanding that to not take responsibility for other people's stuff and to 100% take responsibility for your own stuff. And um, if you're, if you know, like you don't ha- you can't control people and if you feel guilt or shame because somebody else didn't choose the gospel or didn't do what you want or or doesn't or isn't your friend or whatever or hurt you um you can like let go of that um it says you'll be saddened because you love them i want to promise you that it's okay to be sad and that that sadness can be replaced with joy through Jesus Christ, just just through feeling his love and just saying, you know what? I trust God. God is bigger than you and he's got a plan for every single person on this life. And it might not really have anything to do with you and that's okay. Um, so you can know you've been successful when you feel the spirit, when you love people, And when you are obedient, I don't want to say, you know, it says here, obey with exactness. I don't want to suggest that if you make a mistake, that doesn't mean you're successful. I do want to suggest that if you have a desire to be obedient, then I think that is demonstrative of success. If you're working with God to help you learn to grow and change, that is demonstrative of success. If you're not doing that and you feel like a failure, well, stop feeling like a failure and get on your knees and say, teach me, what do I do next? And that is demonstrative of success. And then live so that you can receive and know how to follow the spirit. All this starts with just getting on your knees. All of it starts with just being real with God and saying, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. It's painful and I'm afraid. And I promise you, if you, there is a scripture in the Book of Mormon of these people who had problems, <laughs> pretty big ones, and there was there was like darkness and all this stuff. I am not going to go into everything, but it says, <laughs> "Pray until you have faith in Christ," and that is my suggestion to you. If you are feeling anything, you know of. Uh, other than the love of God for yourself and others. Get down on your knees and don't get up until you feel love, until you feel peace. That might take a long time and it might take multiple days. I don't mean like, you know, you don't don't hurt your knees or anything, but get down on your knees and don't stop getting down on your knees until you feel love. Love. Cause it will come get into the books cause it will come. And I'm not saying every time you open the scriptures, you're going to feel love one on my mission. I would open up the scriptures and I would feel worse about myself because I wasn't doing what I thought I should be doing. I, every, every word I felt was like a condemnation until I understood. And it wasn't then that I understood. It was a long time later that I understood the love that God has. And I'm just barely scratching the surface. So. He will provide a way. He loves you so much. And. Um, you might not feel like you're experiencing a lot of success right now. On your mission or on your life. But it's okay. <laughs> because. Because. God loves you and he's right there. Um, so ask him, what do I do? And, uh, he'll tell you.
0: And I say that in the name of
1: Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, Sarah, I want to thank you so much for, um, joining me today in talking about the music of the gospel as related to missionary work um i really appreciate it um go ahead
1: oh our alarm went off and that's the song that plays at 6 a.m when we wake up
0: (laughs) yeah i will go and do it's a beautiful song by david archula perhaps we'll end with that one in this podcast um Thank you for joining me and Sarah and all the rest of us in learning about the gospel and John's angel Coris. Um I'm grateful for those of you that are listening to, to me today and I hope that we brought light and life to your world, especially if you're a missionary, but remember that all of us are missionaries. Every member of missionary. so if you're feeling down, if you're feeling like throwing yourself off a bridge, you know. Make sure you reach out to somebody, someone that loves you. I know I do all the time. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.